Hey everybody, welcome to We Hate People, the podcast that explores the weirdness that people do and how much we despise each and every one of them. Or maybe we could just talk crap the entire episode, you know, whatevs. Uh, speaking of which, this is episode one recorded Tuesday, March the 3rd, 2015. I'm Simon Potter and sharing this wonderful podcast with me, don't start him up, he's got no goddamn breaks, it's David Holloway. How are you? Good, mate. Good. And are you excited? Our very first episode, sort of. Um, well, look, I was actually thinking next podcast we could possibly start numbering into negative numbers oh, or alternately, like say, pick an arbitrary number and start um, counting backwards from there. I mean, it's good enough for Marvel and DC. It should be good enough yeah, for us. bloody oath. I like that idea. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously for those that did bother to listen we we did an episode zero zero to sort of test the waters a bit um and huge thank you to um the people that did listen and we were actually quite surprised and i won't say we got emotional but we we had more listeners than what we expected um and very much appreciate the feedback we've got so that's why we're back for episode one and i think are we safe in saying simon that this might be one of the last ones for a while where it's just the two of us uh, yes, yes. We, we should uh, be having a, a, a surprise guest host, well, not guest host, but guest co-host uh, for the next podcast. And then hopefully that is going to be an ongoing pattern. Woo-hoo. We'll see. We'll, we just have to wait and see if the podcast community ostracizes us or not. <laughs> That's right. Not with a pretty logo like we've got. We look professional, at least on virtual paper. Look professional, yeah. And... Uh, actually, I just realised too, I wanted to do a special shout out to uh, Jason, who's one of our most dedicated listeners on our other podcast, but um, very kindly listened to this one and picked me up last episode where I talked about the, we talked about the death of uh, the AOL gaming publications and Joystick in particular, I think it was. And I know Jason will correct me because I probably picked the wrong topic. And I said, Vale joystick and he quite rightly picked me up and said it's not Vale it's Farley which is I had no idea I'm well in my 40s and that's the first I knew of that I thought of Valet was someone who ironed your pants for you I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I. yep so thank you Jason it shows you that we can all learn English every day something new it's a stupid language it's a bloody stupid language I'll never forget while I, while I was at university sitting um, on a Saturday night, this is how sad my life was, with a very nice overseas student, I believe from South Korea, obviously not North Korea, and uh, watching a subtitled SBS movie, so with English subtitles, that, uh, yeah, and him querying me on all the grammatical nuances of each sentence on the subtitle. And, I, yeah, it made me realise what a stupid language it is. You think that's bad? I went uh, when uh, the uh, David Lynch version of Dune came out. My sister and I, and uh, I don't know where did this I think he was an exchange student or something. Um, we uh, from uh, South Korea as well. Uh, at least I think he was. And there's nothing in Invercargill for of any kind of intelligence benefit. There's not even an in intelligence <laughs> in Invercargill, so um, probably not that. But anyway, so we went to see Dune a movie which most native English speakers couldn't make sense of. So you can imagine how he felt. He was just, 
we also got uh, plenty of questions throughout the the movie and you know how how do you interpret something for someone when you are just as clueless well that's right i'm just wondering if it was the same korean guy what year was it i mean how, there can't be that many people in korea uh, uh, what <laughs> moving on um so you've mentioned one bit of feedback we got from uh a, uh, a listener who we're hopefully not going to lose too quickly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, we've also had an excellent suggestion from uh, someone else who uh, was uh, subjected to the last, the last podcast. Uh, a listener hate of the week. We should probably even, if we do something like this, we should probably get some sort of, uh, some sort of bumper for it. Some, yeah, some Absolutely. Fair. But this is an invitation to you, dear listeners, you, uh, you self-flagellating folk out there, to send us your hate of the week. It doesn't have to be a hate of the week. It could be a lifelong burning fury that you've had bottled up. Yeah, it we should because it should be hate of the month or hate of the fortnight. If we yeah, so maybe we should get the time out of it because. Oh yeah, okay. So hate of hate. your life. No, listen to hate. That's that's just asking for that's just asking for flame attacks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Look, we'll, we'll come up. Anyway, look, you've got the gist. We'll come up. We'll iron the name out later. But yes. send us your pet peeves, your pet hates, or just something that's absolutely infuriated you that has just popped up uh, on social media. You know, anything, anything that's uh, a burr in your saddle. Let us know about it and. Uh, we can read some of these out or possibly even do have them spark something a bit more in-depth. So uh, we could uh, just have a conversation about it, maybe even do a package if it's a, a particularly yeah. noteworthy issue. Great idea. And, so, I mean, yeah. if you feel really strong, you're welcome to come on and talk to it if you're so, so inclined. Yes, anyone, anyone can podcast. We are living proof of that. <laughs> That's right. So if you, do want to, uh, if you do want to send us in a hate of the week, uh, just send it to contact at oceanicgamer.com, oceanicgamer.com. So, uh, and can, I, can I steal totally from another podcast I listen to? You can either obviously uh, email that in or you can actually, if you're super organised and, and want to get it off your chest but not have to sync up with our podcasting time, you can actually record your hate and email it to that same address as an MP3 file um, and we can easily drop it in as well. Yes, that's an even better idea. Sorry, I threw you off there. No, <laughs> it's okay. Nothing quite like dead air. Yes, you love it. Yeah. So the first thing, well, this is another throw to you, David. Uh, something you've found and would like to share with us. Something to do with caterings. Yes. So um, I think it was just after the episode zero, someone recommended to me a new web series on YouTube called the Catering Show, spelt K-A-T-E-R-I-N-G, because it features two Kates. And it's really a brilliant piss take of the whole cooking show thing. And it's, it's Australian, Australian as actually, and just so well done. I think we were talking before the show, Simon, I know you said that it's not often you'll actually have a laugh out loud moment, but you did a couple of times and I know I did. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple of clangers in there where it doesn't necessarily work, but there's a hell of a lot more good laughs than, than bad points. Um, couldn't recommend that highly enough and we'll link to it in the show notes. But if you go to YouTube and just put the catering show with a K, it'll come up. It's got some pretty big interest. 
Yes, I, and um, I wasn't aware of this until David sent me the link. But uh, I think there must be a few people out there because I actually heard a clip of it uh, being broadcast on ABC News Radio. Uh, I can't remember whether it was an Australian politician or a, uh, an American one, but they'd had their, their offices or uh, official homes done up and they got a couple of thermomixes in there. <laughs> I, I, would, I wouldn't know what a thermomix was. It sounds like a blender. But apparently it's a lot more than that. So if you want to find out what a thermomix is and what one costs and how you can justify it to yourself, usually post-purchase, then go to the, have a look at the catering show. Yeah. Look. The Thermomix episode's brilliant. It, it was one of the better ones from memory. I found the – I found the. Uh, there's an episode on um, – actually, it's the, the Thermomix episode uh, dealing with risotto. Yes. Which I found oddly poignant because I ended up uh, – I actually – well, I was – I suppose it was more of a what do you call what do you call the Spanish thing where you you sort of boil rice in a in a, a large shallow pan with stock. Oh, see, I, so I, I, I know paella or whatever it's called. That's the one paella. Paella. So I, I tried doing one of those, but I forgot how long it takes to cook the rice. Yeah, it just it just takes forever. So I got to the point where I where it wasn't hard anymore, but it wasn't you know it's brown rice, stupid. Yeah, Nothing, compounding the error. This new, so, this yeah. new brown rice chips while we're talking cooking. Um, I st- oh, I can't even think of the brown Oh, you just think that was porridge. You want something with a little bit of texture to it. Yeah, this no, these are like corn chips but made out of rice and it's brown rice and sesame seeds. So health-wise, still got a bit too much salt but they're basically zero sugar um, uh, and bugger all fat. <laughs> oh, rubbish. Capital R-bish. No, but they actually taste all right. No, like I remember... And- I, there's a any, nurse in the room. Any grain, any grain contains sugar. Yeah, yeah, That's, no, I'm not saying there was none, but it was. You eat, you eat bread, you eat grain. As far as your body's concerned, that sugar. It's it's like those damn rice cakes people eat. Yeah, it's yeah. sugar, people. It just it just breaks down into sugar. Yeah, yeah that's right. Doing any favors. But it's low compared to what I'm saying. Compared to if you you're going to down a 500 gram bag of corn chips, in comparison, this is a bog load better. But you're right; it's still it's not health food by any stretch. This is, this is, this is not the podcast for a conversation on GI and GL loading. So um, let's let's just let's talk about that. diabetes then, shall we? Um, no, so you get catering show. Just bring back our favourite subtopic of colostomy bags. That's always good for a laugh. <laughs> I peed myself. Yeah, do yourself a favour. The catering show. Yes. Um, we're going to save I, – I probably don't even mention this, but we were going to talk about how democratic societies are fundamentally breaking down around the world, but we thought we might give that some more treatment next episode. So, gee, count down the hours to that one. Yeah. Um, just as a, a sneak preview, the answer is yes. Well, that's right. And just as proof of that – oh, segue – Dressgate. Yeah. Who knows what Dressgate is? Well, David does now, don't you? Yeah, well, I've known. Yeah, I saw it was all over Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. I, do we even need to explain it? If people don't know, I'd be surprised. But essentially, there's a photo of a dress. Some people see it as white and gold. Other people see it as black and blue, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's just the the fact that um, social media blew up about this. I think is just proof that we are in the in the closing days line, of the yeah. Roman Empire. Here is just. Oh, good grief! It's not even a first world problem. No, I know. But what That's, did you see? What did I see? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I'm a little a little perturbed by the whole thing. 
it's uh, really seems to have been a case of you either you either belonged in um, black blue dress camp or white gold dress yes. camp. What I saw was a blue and bronze dress. So <laughs> screw a lot of you. Good <laughs> stuff. I don't know how anyone could see anything, but I just saw the colours that were there. I, my brain apparently is not not big on interpreting this sort of stuff, and just just tells just. <laughs> Tells it interprets what my eyes see literally, and that's that's the colours that were there. Have you tried squinting? So short answer, I, short answer is I, I very strongly saw white and gold. Couldn't see how it could be anything else, but then did some squinting and, and different lighting, and the blue and black stands out quite a bit. Um, yeah, I think it must be like one of those magic eye things. Uh, it's I mean, if you actually have a look at it, get past the stupid um, the stupid nonsense on Twitter and so on about it. But if you actually look into what causes the phenomena, and it's a legitimate, uh, is legitimate science, it's actually very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Because it's to do with, I think, um, your eyes interpreting the background colours in contrast to what you're seeing on the dress and there's a whole bunch of, yeah, explanation behind it. Well, it's, it's, it's more to do with the jiggery-pokery that the brain does. Um, it's one of the reasons why if you, if you talk to anyone in law enforcement, they'll, they'll tell you that an eyewitness testimony is quite often utterly unreliable and yes. useful, but it's only of any value if it's actually supporting the case you want to um, prosecute. That's right. And that's the case. Uh, human memory is very unreliable. The, it's, the eyes in a lot of ways are quite limited instruments and there's a bit like uh, photo enhancement software and all, all of the uh, – or error correction on CDs where there's a lot of things going on in the background that actually take the raw material and give you the, the finished perceived product. There's our, – our brains do the same thing. What we think we perceive is not necessarily what it's right. perceive or even necessarily what's there. I've even heard of like there's amateur podcasts that people put out and after listening to a couple of episodes, people convince themselves it's actually entertaining. And yes. thank God for that. Yes. Where would we be? Where would our Patreon account be if we had one? <laughs> That's right. No, God, no. Not yet. Not yet. So, yeah, Dressgate, that was probably the big thing of the week, wasn't it, sadly? And, I, yeah, we will talk more about societies breaking down, but it's yeah. a good sign of it. Well, I mean, it's it is just nonsense. But if if people do actually go a bit just past the surface and have a look at, you know, the what's actually behind it, it's actually very interesting yeah. and quite educational. The trouble is, I know that most people won't. They'll just go, oh, oh go sod off. I just like that you saw something different again. That's brilliant. Yeah. Well, I I keep actually have asked several people what they see. In the hope that, that I might actually find someone who saw the same thing I did. You should, so have, just, you should have said you saw a hypercolour T-shirt. Well, one thing I will tell you is whoever designed that dress and was uh, thinking of wearing it to her daughter's wedding, oh. no freaking taste. And I'm betting you that whatever that was going to be squeezed into that dress, it was the whole end product would end up looking like 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. I guarantee <laughs> you that. <laughs> So you're the host of this one. We we do um, collaboration on the title of the podcast, but so that would be brilliant for episode one. Ten pounds of shit in a five shit pa- five pound bag. I like uh, yeah, I, I don't think that would get past the uh, auto. Oh, true. Uh, yeah, Nazi censors. Damn you, iTunes. Yes. 
And speaking of iTunes, actually got nothing to do with iTunes. Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Passes away at 83. So this is one oh, I struggle with it from the viewpoint. Very sad. Apparently was a very generous uh, spirit in his later years. Uh, on Twitter in particular, I saw a, a lovely series of tweets he did about he was happy to be everyone's virtual grandfather if they didn't have one left in their lives anymore and so obviously a lovely man but he's 83 that's a bloody good innings yeah well yeah and he certainly packed an awful lot into it i mean obviously i mean probably most podcasts if you're a regular podcast listener you would have heard everyone else uh, rambling on about him so uh don't want to end up putting too too much time into this because you probably heard it all before but it is uh, it's worth having a look at some of the things he did outside of uh star trek well outside of star trek or acting in general uh, he was very active in the in the jewish community obviously he was mm. uh, uh his uh, parents came from ukraine uh originally and uh, of, of jewish extraction uh but he's so, which explains the, and I can't pronounce it because it's it's a Hebrew word. But he did a a, a number of photo studies, and these have been hung in in galleries. They're you know it's legitimate. Um, the one of them, not the one with the Jewish name, is called the Full Body Project, which was done in two thousand and seven, um, featuring well, it's rather unfairly well, no, it's probably completely fair, um, obese women. Oh, yeah. Nudes. Oh, I um, think I've seen parts of that. Size burlesque. Now, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing titillating or it's not supposed to be sexual or a critique or anything. It's, a, it's, it's simply a, an observation, a study of the human form. Um, so, and there's, there's no shame with these, these ladies. And they're of all ages and they're all perfectly self-aware. So... The the sorts of things he he involved himself in. He he wrote poetry. Uh, the less said about his singing career, probably the better. <laughs> but then you could say the same for Shatner as well. Oh um, God, yeah. And I imagine by now everyone's been peppered with uh, that '60s camp um, excerpt from a, a TV show of uh, of his performance of the what was it the uh, the the legend or the ballad of Bilbo Baggins. Oh, really? You familiar with that? No, I, I know because it wasn't that based on Tolkien had a whole bunch of poems based in the area. Was that what it was based on? Uh, mm, well, yes, it, it was about The Hobbit, obviously, with yeah, the yeah. book specifically. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't play any of it. It's probably quite safe to uh, be well out of the uh, copyright. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, if, uh, if you are interested, it's... It's interesting. It's certainly a period piece. But uh, just have a look for Leonard Nimoy, uh, the, the ballad of Bilbo. Bilbo oh, just Leonard Nimoy, uh, Bilbo Baggins. Just search on YouTube for that and uh, there should be plenty of options to choose from. Oh, I'll check that out. The other but one led a very full life. Yeah, no, go on. He did. No, I was going to say one uh, from looking at his Wikipedia entry that I didn't realise he for 10 years was the back half of Snuffleupagus in Sesame Street. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. So yeah, he was very well-rounded performer, and we're not, uh, we won't get in the whole Trekkie versus Star Wars thing. Sorry, uh, the back half was very, very well-rounded. Apparently, <laughs> it was. Um, 
I was never a Trekkie just because I grew up in a country area where we had one TV station and, and we didn't have the TV station that had Star Trek. That's the only reason I'm not a Trekkie. Uh, well, you were stuck in the win area, were you? Uh, we, initially, it was one of those weird stations that had a mix of everything. So it had a bit of seven and nine networks. So oh, and local, 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 a locally owned station. Yeah, locally owned station. And then we ended up being a win one. And yeah, there was just no Star Trek for me. Yeah, well, I was um, stuck with um, Television New Zealand, which... It's still uh, going. It's, <laughs> oddly enough, yes. Um, but uh, that was just, just had the one channel. Uh, started broadcasting at... When did it start broadcasting? I think it started broadcasting at 11 a.m. Yeah, that sounds a bit like the ABC. Yeah. yeah. So back in the, the days before, God, I don't miss that crap at all. I just turn on the TV, switch on YouTube, and away That's I right. go, God damn it. Um, just going back to Nimoy, uh, did you ever play Civilization 4? Uh, no, 5 I've played to death, but not 4. Well, if uh, if you did play Civ Four, then you were also a benefit of his uh, his dulcet tones because he was the narrator on that. Oh, there you go. Mm. I love Civ Five, and I, I, I'm purposely um, restraining myself from buying the latest one. Uh, Beyond Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's a reskin. It's not worth it. Okay. Not, yeah. Cool. It, they haven't even really added anything interesting or interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not much else to say. And so when, when you're talking Star Trek, just before we leave that, I suppose you got Nimoy and the other big name that people talk about is Shatner. And apparently he's copying a bit of a flogging the last week, yeah? Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit of a tricky thing. He, um, Nimoy died on the Friday. The, uh, the funeral service was held Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Oh, okay. And, uh, Shatner was already in, uh, was it? Palm Springs or somewhere like that, Palm something, uh, for a fundraiser that he'd agreed to months before. So he couldn't get – is either cancel that and try and fly back on Saturday night or try uh, – but there weren't late enough flights to get him back for the morning. So he ended up having to take one of the flights on Sunday morning, uh, left about 5 a.m. Uh, and got, got him into L.A. about uh, noon. So obviously he missed it. So it was either cancel an event that he'd already agreed and committed to um, to turn up to the funeral or miss the funeral and then just take the, the public drubbing. So And public drubbing he, he definitely got. Yeah. As, as you can imagine. I mean, he's, he's always had a bit of a, a reputation uh, and George Takei has not <laughs> done a lot to diminish that. Mm. That's uh, the guy that played Sulu. Yeah. And um, so he's uh, earned the... Uh, I've got to say, because I quite like it, uh, he's been referred to consequently as uh, Captain Jerk. <laughs> which is quite clever. Yeah, it's quite well done. But what would you do in that situation? Oh, look, yeah, I, th- I think you would go, well, what does what would Leonard have thought? And I would have thought if he's what the guy people make him out to be would have said, well, don't dump the the charity thing and I think you know the family I'm sure they had their reasons for burying him that quickly but that's a bloody quick turnaround I think it might be something to do with the faith oh uh, okay because I was mate yeah okay I think it's a and I'm no expert on this but I think in Islam there's a, a Islam a, Judaism 
Well, no, in Judaism, but uh, I mean, both, both, uh, just as Christianity does, both faiths have uh, have uh, the same roots. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. In Islam, I know that uh, you, and actually in certain Polynesian cultures as well, uh, they want the body uh, prepared. Yeah, okay. As as quickly as possible. There's a there's a there's a time frame. Yeah, that's a good point. So uh, the the, uh, the expeditious speed that the family have applied, obviously. Uh, well, that's that's their right. Yeah, gotcha. Fair so, enough. So, yeah, I think it's a no-win. I think he did what he could and he didn't feel he could pull out on the charity thing and saw that as a fitting... Yeah, I, I just think he's copped to flogging for nothing, really. Yeah. The, and when he got back, he basically... Because uh, he's got quite an active uh, Twitter. Um, yeah. So he's, here I am, give it to me. And effectively held a, pretty much a, like a, a two-hour Twitter wake where people could ask questions and share thoughts and, and memories. And in all honesty, I would probably think that certainly for the wider community, for people who are into the Trekverse, yes, yeah, a shame he couldn't make it. I'm not, I certainly wouldn't point fingers at him for, for not making it. You know, it's a caught between a rock and a hard place. And as you say, I think Leonard Nimoy would have preferred him to honour the, the charity commitment. Yeah. But it must have been very cathartic, not only for the people who were, um, well, what's the word? I suppose needed to needed to express thoughts or reminiscences on Twitter. It's it's in some ways it seems like a, a digital bake like that's kind of a good idea. I mean, that's not what it's been called, but that's effectively what it is. That's the only thing that was missing was the uh, the tea, coffee, and and stale yeah. cake. No, I think it's funny they're both the same age. I mean, at the end of the day, he's, I think he's doing That's bloody well at 83 to be jumping on flights and rushing around doing fundraisers and back for funerals and stuff. I hope I'm as half as active. Yeah, well, uh, Stan Lee, so oh. just to do that, I don't know how. I, 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 I don't know how he does it either because he's 93, I think. I, now. I don't actually think he's human. I think he had all of his internals removed and replaced by a by a... T two thousand or something. He must have. He, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, paid to meet him those couple of years back when he. I think he was ninety one then. So, and yeah, bloody, he's very spry for a ninety one year old. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, quite remarkable. And uh, speaking of things passing, Deadpool, it has been announced, dies in his last issue. Uh, which would be issue 250. <laughs> uh, yeah, as if Marvel would ever get any title up to 250 nowadays. Uh, well, uh, to be fair, uh, Deadpool did have yeah. issue 500. <laughs> and it, it, started, it started numbering backwards, you know, 499, 498 from there. Uh, so the, there's been a, a, a issue zero, a negative one. Uh, it's, it's been all over the shop, so... It, an issue having an issue two fifty, which incidentally is the aggregate number of all issues that have been produced so far. Uh, okay, two hundred and fifty of them. So, in a sense, it is issue two fifty, just not sequential. I mean, across different volumes, like ha- ha- have has the title been just canceled? just everything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, this is the the main sequence, but I I would imagine that. Uh, most of the other stuff is all 
short run four issue books at the moment. So yeah, because his first uh, appearance, you you probably know this. What was his first appearance in the comics? I, I I'm going to guess, and I have a feeling it was a New Mutants issue. Yes, it was. There you go, nerds. Yes, you, you cannot – I do not have that issue. You cannot – It's 98, I think. That's true nerdiness. I think it's issue 98 in New Mutants. It's, it's, got, it's got those numbers in there somewhere. Yeah, and it's worth quite a bit of money now. I can't afford it, so I don't care. No. I don't care what the, the number is. But I've got the, the original – I've got all of the original ones and then everything, everything subsequent to that, so in their little Mylar bags. And thank God for Comixology and the digital versions because now I don't have to get my big greasy mitts over them. Would you believe I just recently bought for I think all of four dollars on eBay cotton gloves to read comics with? Only really old ones. I don't read the new ones with them. But you got really old cotton gloves for reading comics. No, uh, really new cotton gloves for reading old comics. Sentence structure, David. Yes, I know. I write better than I talk. I promise. You speak better than you. Never mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. I I commit praise to paper better than I speak. Right. Moving on. Anyway, so back to Deadpool, back to, back to real people. So for, for ordering's sake, in the, in the uh, current run, it's issue 45, and uh, it's going to be an extra thick edition, uh, like the, the one of his marriage was. In fact, it's supposed to uh, complement it, a complementary issue uh, to that momentous event. And if you don't know about the marriage, well, tough. I'm not going to give you a spoiler for something like that. No. But, yeah, uh, it's, it's been said that um, our heads will explode when it's revealed exactly how Deadpool will die. But considering how recently he's, uh, he's lost his healing and it's, uh, I don't know, I, I've, I get exhausted. It just seems like there's been a lot of... Um, Hyperbole? Well, hyperbole and just just narrative gymnastics. I, I just preferred it when it was, in a lot of ways, I preferred the old team-ups, which were just basically single issues with Deadpool uh, teaming up with, yeah, yeah. against their will. Uh, and it was just, just an issue, a self-contained issue of insanity and things blowing up and people being shot. And I'm not sure I'm really, I can really be asked with these big, uh, these big narrative arcs. Because I don't know that they're doing the character any any favors, and yeah. in all honesty, considering he's self-aware that he's in a comic slash video game slash movie slash whatever, uh, it's it's kind of debatable just how real any of this stuff actually is. If that makes sense, if if the if the character's self-aware, it, it's a bit, you know. I mean, he's in his own own version of the Matrix, basically. Yeah. True. Or um, what was that movie where the guy was in the TV show and didn't realise? Oh, uh, the, 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 it was one with Carrion. Yeah, the, you know the one I mean. Truman Show. Truman Show, yeah. Look, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more on the, the teaming up stuff. I mean, one of the most popular Marvel comics over history was Marvel Team Up and that's what it was. It was, you know, I think quite often it was Spider-Man a lot of the time, but it was Spider-Man and someone else or... And it's it was just, Spider-Man. Yeah, just an encapsulated one issue, sometimes two, story where it's him and someone else and it, that that was the most fun and Deadpool was, was perfect for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, he's he's been good fodder, and he's certainly gotten a lot more popular recently. Well, when I say recently, over the last probably eighteen months. Yeah. They're talking Deadpool movies still. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's that's uh, that's up and still up and running. Uh, Ryan Reynolds uh, tweeted out a, a picture of him with the mask. Oh, cool. Uh, they're looking at using. So yes, it's a full face mask. Yes, it's just like the one in the in the comics. So I'm feeling pretty good about that because let's face it, more than most characters, the mask is his identity. Oh shit, yeah. Um, that's where I'm a bit worried about the Daredevil TV series because the original shots that they put out now of his mask is not anything that looks like the comics. Although, yeah, if you know some of the Daredevil history, you can see it might be an early version of what becomes finally his it's, mask. It's, it's the early ninja costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I was. I've been a bit sort of eh about that, but the the fact that it's on Netflix and what was it the the story runner was saying it was like a heavily influenced by the wire and yeah it's going to be dark yeah it's going to it is going to be dark it's going to be gritty uh, and the fact that it's on netflix means that uh it's it's going to it's going to push some boundaries it's pg16 but um from what i from what i've been hearing it's going to be pushing up really hard against that yeah good it's going to be it's going to be walking that line so I've, I am actually getting progressively more interested in that, and it does take place in the same universe as the the um, cinema, as the Marvel Cinematic. Oh yeah, that's right. But it's its own little corner of it, so yes. it's not going to be tied in as directly. No, and Daredevil was always he he drop in and help from memory the Avengers here and there and Spider Man a bit and whatever, but he was never yeah front and center in a lot of it, so that makes sense. Mm. He's my favourite character. He's the only um, character I'm trying to be a completist in in regards to my comic collection, which well, is a big we all, ask. We all have to pick someone and we can't all be as tasteful as I am and choose. Yeah, cool. So, but uh, that, that's okay. We, we, all have our, we all have our weaknesses. Yes. <laughs> all right. And then probably I promise we'll get off the comic stuff. I suppose I might just throw in one more there and that's that uh, the Star Wars comics that Mar- so Marvel obviously when Disney bought out uh, Lucas, um, you now have Disney owning Star Wars and Marvel comics. So it was obvious that they would take over the comics franchise from Dark Horse, who have well be at least ten fifteen years of pretty high quality output in the Star Wars universe. Most of which now is non canon, or is all of it non canon? I don't know at all, but most of it is anyway. Uh, it's it's legends until further notice. Yeah, most of it. Uh, so at at time of recording this, uh, Star Wars one and two have been have been released, and Darth Vader number one and number two have been released, and Princess Leia is uh, either a, this week or next week about to be released. So they're the three uh, main Star Wars titles. I've read Star Wars and and Vader, both first two issues of both. And they are just stunning. They have recreated the feel you get from those original three movies. I, I probably won't say any more than that, but 
you know, it's worth it, a look. Oh, it's well worth a look. And if you don't buy comics, then just wait for the trade paperback and and get it. Um, I, I'm loving Vader more than Star Wars, even, but they're both high quality. The the humor's there. You got all your favorite characters. Um, the Darth Vader issue uh, I was reading this evening, and you know, you've got uh, Vader paying a visit to Jabba the Hutt, and just you know, they paint this great panorama of all the bounty hunters there that you remember from all the movies and it's just brilliant do they come with a, a digital copy code yes they do excellent well that's that's a that's definitely something to look at yeah um, incidentally folks if you do buy comics with those codes do make sure you enter them in promptly because they uh, do have a timed expiry they will expire on you if you don't punch them into the marvel.com redeem page now what should they be looking at uh, what titles are these what are, what should people be looking for in the comic book shop so um there's just it's called star wars um so it's up to issue three will be out this month and for those who are unaware issue one had something like a hundred variant covers which is insane mm-hmm. um so star wars darth vader and princess leia they've kept it simple they're the title names and they, i know they're doing uh, is it Katana? Is someone from the Rebels uh, side of things? I noticed a promo for another Star Wars comic coming out in a few months from the Rebels sort of area. Katana? Uh, yeah, don't quote me on Katana. It was something like that. Katan? Katan? Maybe that was it. Oh, could be something about Kyle Katan. You never know. Anyway, so, well, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing some of the classic characters from the old games. That would be kind of fun because there was some great story and great atmosphere to those, which is... Yeah. So worth digging up. But if, you, if you're over 35 and remember with, you know, huge fondness the original movies and you've never felt you've been able to recreate that very often, these comics have come the closest for me as far as that vibe. So hmm. well, that's, That is interesting. All right, well, I think I'll have, a, have to have a look at that because I've got to get pick up some of the uh, couple more issues of Earth-52 World's End, which is oh, yep, coming up towards its end. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so go to comic book shop, buy things, support your local retailers. Indeed. And um, on a completely different subject of supporting local retailers, Valve has thrown its hat into the virtual reality virtual race. Hmm. It's calling it a virtual race because none of the products actually are ready for release yet. Like Half-Life 3. Oh, don't even. Sorry. And we're not on a gaming podcast. It's all right. No. No. Um, would you mind if I play you a little bit of the, the release video? Please do. It's because it's, a, it's, it's modest and so forth. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk you through it. So we've got swirling clouds and the HTC logo and the valve logo. places beyond reach. Sweeping shot of a city. Mountain sights unseen. They called to us and let us hear. A world within ours. Reality. 
if yeah. if the virtual reality is a new reality, well, depending on definition of a reality, I suppose. But yeah, <laughs> they haven't overhyped that much, have they? No, no. Uh, I mean, some of the visuals are actually quite uh, quite fun. There, there was a, some real real world sort of stuff, like uh, people what you'd see if you were at a, a rave or something at a concert with the people in you know happy people jumping around in front of you and the all the lights on the stage flashing um there's a picture of a guy looks like a guy in a space suit and he's just sort of walks into into shot and he's looking over this uh this jungle and off in the right in the distance sort of top center frame there's something which looks a little bit like it might be like a mayan pyramid or some sort oh, okay. of structure which immediately made me think of Oh yeah, but Star Wars game is virtual reality, and so mm. I've, that, that's <laughs> caught my attention. The, the the visuals are quite stunning, and uh, you you get to see what the the gadget looks like at the moment. It looks a bit like um, actually, I don't know what it looks like. It looks like an Oculus with a bunch of uh, a bunch of divots taken out of the the front. Right. But uh, yeah, and it doesn't look like it's that far off. Towards the end, they've, they're saying in stores holiday 2015, which I assume they're referring to Christmas, and uh, developer edition available spring 2015. So that's that's only a couple that's, of months away. That's right. Yeah, that's close. So it's being manufactured by HTC, and they are clearly looking at hitting the market pretty hot and heavy. Yeah. Well. The, Sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say because uh, I'm doing some study in this area and the, guy, the IT guru that I'm dealing with that's actually going to build the virtual reality scenario that I'm doing the research in, he, he said to me just the other day that this, this year will be huge for these headsets as far as there's just so much coming and, and the Samsung set, he says, as of now is better than the Oculus Rift but that he expects the the Rift, they're announcing a new dev kit or something in the next few months. He expects it will leapfrog the Samsung again. So, yeah, we're on a, a pretty fast road here. Well, one of the things about the Samsung one is it's basically, if I remember rightly, you're, you're sticking your... Is it a, your phone, a, yeah. Galaxy Note or... A, yeah, it's what, Galaxy, Galaxy 4, Box. whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, so as long as the physical dimensions are the same, there's no reason why a more recent, like the Galaxy 6... Um, which hasn't come out yet. There's no reason why that couldn't go in there. That's right. It, it, it is theoretically, although it's not the most uh, expensive part, the headset itself, the the uh, the actual hardware, the screen, that can theoretically be upgraded. Yeah, which is great. Um, the Vive, I assume it's pronounced Vive, V-I-V-E, developer edition, uses two 1200 by 1080 uh, displays. Which is, okay. which is not too bad. That's uh, what the uh, DK, the current DK, is using. I think for the Oculus. Yeah. Uh, and they refresh at ninety frames a second, so that's that's a pretty good refresh rate. And the displays apparently uh, cover your entire field of vision with three hundred and sixty degree views. Now, I don't know if I I buy that. No. But if it, if it is somehow able to cover your peripheral vision, and I suppose it could if there's any kind of curvature to the screen, and let's face it, curved screens are something that's very much out there as far as TVs go. So there's no reason why you couldn't get some sort of mm. wrap with, uh, with this sort of technology as well. 
Um, device uses a gyro sensor, accelerometer, and laser position sensor to uh, track your head movement. So that's that's really handy, especially for someone like me who has been trying to get uh, a no IR head tracking to work. Mm. Uh, with with moderate success, I have to admit, I just have to school myself a bit more. Um, and uh, there will be something called the Steam VR base station, which will let you walk around the virtual space instead of using a controller. Okay. So a pair of stations can track your physical location in spaces up to 15 feet by 15 feet. So, uh, yeah, you'll need a larger living room than uh, the Connect 1 required of you. Yes. <laughs> Move that sofa, folks. It's it is going to be very interesting. I mean, we are we are so much in in the embryonic oh, state, yeah. but with all of this competition, granted, Microsoft's not really involved because they're doing more uh, AR than VR. Yes, still, but that that's looking very interesting as well. But it's just are they what what they not going to be able to fix ever or without a lot of extra infrastructure is the motion sickness issue. So it'd be interesting to see whether a lot of this stuff is actually killed by the fact that people are vomiting on their lounge room floor. Um, that, that is true to a point, but part of that is due to um, is part of that is due to a lack of head tracking. Yes, that's right. Uh, th- most of that motion sickness tends to come from, say, if you tilt your head to the left, the your what's on screen is still going to be shown as if your head is straight. Yeah. Uh, so that's an, an exaggerated example, but that's basically is it's the it's a dissonance between uh, what you what the rest of your body is saying and what your eyes are saying, and that's usually what causes the nausea. The, the, these later versions with head tracking and being able to tell when your head is tilting and being able to adjust the image you're seeing to accommodate that that should alleviate an awful lot of that tr- sort of trouble. See, but I'm wondering whether for some people that'll actually make it worse. So, for example, if I go in a if I went in a real fighter jet. I would be, you know, filling the cockpit with excretions within about two minutes. And so if if the headset does totally reflect that experience, I'm more likely to be motion sick than if it doesn't. It'll be – because there's different types. So it would be interesting to see. I'm hoping – not... But, I mean, if, um, if, if you're going to be a puker in real life or a puker – Yeah, well, that's right. You can't expect that they are not to. It's not a travel sickness pill. No, that's true. <laughs> you can't, no. can't expect it to uh, – for you to react differently to no. the VR than you would to the same thing in real life. Good point. See, we've got to have at least one good point in episode. Yeah, but uh, that's worth having a look at. Uh, you can go to uh, well, go pretty much anywhere uh, to to have a look at that. Uh, I usually just head off to the Verge because they've got some pretty good reporting on this subject, and they've covered they update their articles quite frequently as well. So well worth a look. And no, no, no news that they will um, release the headset with Half Life Three. And no news on that at the moment, but considering we are still waiting for Steam machines, um, I'm also oh, yeah. the uh, the release dates in the in the glossy commercial with a pinch of salt and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. but still more competition is good. Oh, gotcha. So speaking of competition and wide open democracies and collaboration and freedom of expression, mm-hmm. let's talk about Saudi Arabia. Why would we want to do that, David? <laughs> so I, I know you pointed me to a story which I find very interesting that 
uh, Saudi Arabia has given an award to a cleric who believes that George Bush uh, orchestrated September 11, 2001. So I don't even know where to begin here. I mean, obviously, Saudi Arabian government giving an award to an idiot like that is questionable, <laughs> to say the least. Well, yeah, there's a lot of things that Saudi Arabia does which are questionable. Yes, that's right. But they're allies of the US, so that doesn't tend to get a lot of attention, unfortunately. Well, um, allies tend to be um, friends of convenience, not friends of the heart. And yeah. uh, they, one, one needs the other and the other needs the one. So, But, yeah, the, the fact that they recognize, especially considering... Uh, I don't even want to say his name, but the the guy um, that got shot in Pakistan, considering he was actually Saudi Arabian, and uh, so was a number of the. And I'm not going to say allegedly. If you're if you're sensitive about this, screw you. Um, the uh, a number of the uh, the hijackers were also Saudi. Yes. It's it's it is it is deeply worrying that they would endorse um, someone of this opinion um, in such a in such a, a public and well-funded way well particularly when you look at the other prize winners so there were three other prize winners and the other three are probably shaking their heads in embarrassment that they've had to share the stage with this other person so I mean one was for um, a person who did a lot of research on the cultural heritage of the Muslim holy city city of Medina fair enough uh, for medicine, uh, a guy who's researched, uh, whose research has enhanced understanding of diseases such as obesity, which mm-hmm. is a growing problem in Saudi Arabia and pretty much bloody everywhere else. Uh, and then another guy in Switzerland for his development of solar cells and, um, and the work in the f- new field of metal organic frameworks. So that's all, you know, legit no belly sort of stuff. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's all uh, very, very worthy. And then the guy for, for, you know, his work in assuming that George Bush planned the Twin Towers. Yes. Yeah. So the it's <laughs> I, I just I don't know. I just wanted to flag this because it just just yeah, no, it's hard, hard to uh, hard to understand. I mean, it's not to say. You can't condemn a man for for one defective no. opinion. Uh, he's a uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Zakir Naik, uh, N A I K. Yeah, he's president yeah. of the Islamic Research Foundation in India, and uh, as you say, was one of the five recipients. Um, so Naik was honoured for being one of the most renowned non-Arabic speaking promoters of Islam. That's uh, that's a worthy thing. Yep. Uh, founded the Peace TV channel, billed as the world's only channel specialising in comparative religion. That's okay. really good as well. Yeah. Estimated English language audience exceeding 100 million, according to the uh, the award citation. So that's not that. I mean, that's up around our podcast audience. So that's not that yeah, impressive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but in a in a July 2008 Peace TV broadcast, Naik suggested that uh, Al Qaeda was not responsible for flying the hijacked airliners into New York's World Trade Center. Uh, and quote, even a fool will know that this was an inside job. Unquote. And I, uh, I know there's there's people out there who are, you know the the uh, deniers and the conspirators. Conspirators. Yes, I've watched those movies that um, 
by by the the uh, the, the crazy people in their oh, yeah. uh, in their in their caravan uh, about the about the being a controlled demolition. Yes. Anyone who's watched, anyone who knows anything about uh, controlled or explosives in general and controlled explosions of any structure uh, knows that the occasional puff coming out of a window is not sign of any kind of um, explosion. That is a sign of uh, air pressure building up and blowing out a window. Yeah. So the the dullards that that think it was a controlled yes it, it, yes it came straight down it would that's physics sorry inconvenient but true that's right so yes uh, sad a little, a little worrying but and not very funny <laughs> I mean to play devil's advocate the, the the when Saudi Arabia gave the award they wouldn't have trawled through the last six years of his broadcast and picked out that one comment and even if they had would they still not have given her the award. Um, based on that one comment when he's done all this other good stuff. So, you know, to play devil's advocate, maybe he does deserve it. Oh, I'm not saying he he hasn't done things that deserve an award, um, but what, like anything, uh, you're, you're compressed or condemned by the totality of your actions. Mm. And this is, this is an action which I consider to be non-prize winning worthy. Yes. It's, whether he still holds the attitude, I, I don't know. The article doesn't, and it's from the Guardian, so you know it's a fairly reputable. Lefty source. bloody hippie. yeah, le- left lefty rag, but uh, but uh, still still more trustworthy than most. Oh god, yeah. So yes, it's you. You could be right. It, it could be just a case where the uh, the people giving the award didn't look into him closely enough. In which case, what kind of award is it? Or maybe he doesn't hold it anymore, and this is this is dragging up old old rubbish that's no longer relevant. Unfortunately, we don't have any clarification on that, and uh, you can't help but wonder with um, if he holds that opinion, if he still holds it. What other opinions does he hold, and how is that colouring the editorial content of of the channel with a uh, hundred million viewers? Yeah. It's worrying. It's you know, it's it's no different to um, well, obviously there's distinctions, but uh, having a having a road to hoe is that really any different to Murdoch uh, running Fox News? I mean, the the fair and balanced is is not well. You can yeah. argue you're blue in the face, but I think it's it's I think it's quite clear that like MSNBC, Fox News has got a slant towards one side of the spectrum as the other has to the opposite. Yeah, damn straight. What's the flavouring here? What are these people being told? It's a channel I've never heard of. Peace TV, no. Yeah, I mean, but 100 million people is a lot of people. How are things being coloured? And has peace increased since it's been founded? What are the outcomes? Yeah. All I'm saying is it, uh, it raises more questions than it answers. Yes. I find that about TV in general, really. Yes, I've been watching State of Affairs and I'm getting increasingly despondent with that show. See, I don't know that one, but I'm excited about House of Cards Season 3, just being released. Yes. I actually am more excited about Daredevil, quite honestly. I know, it's not far off, is it? April, I think. No, no, no. Yeah, that's right. It's not far off at all. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said I was interested in seeing daredevil probably a week ago but i think it's the buzz is starting to build and just the the dark 
for dark hues that they're going to be painting. Yes. And have you seen some of the posters that they brought out recently? A couple, yeah, they look really good. Yeah, with him, with uh, he's got some bruises in his, his bloodied knuckles. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's that's good. That's setting the tone quite nicely, I think. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I mean, Game of Thrones coming up. Um, I'm going to see Pseudo Echo. It doesn't get much more exciting than that. And I promised I was going to talk about Cheryl Crow this episode, but that'll have to wait till next one. Well, you were thinking about talking about the Shags as well. Oh, yes. But that's probably going to have to wait too. No, 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 nice prompt. So this is another big thank you to Simon for pointing the Shags my way. Um, 60s group, weren't they? Late 1960s, a group called the Shags um, had a few songs and Simon played it to me last weekend and as soon as I heard it, I went, this has to go um, on We Hate People. So we're going to finish up um, tonight with some lovely snippets of the shags and if you like them well we might have to dig up i assume they've had it they've had a couple of albums they had a couple of albums didn't they i I think they had one one yeah well we can we can stretch out one i'm pretty sure that was paid for by the um by their father who's who basically made them form the group because his mother i think it was his mother or mother-in-law um did a palm reading and told them that he was going to marry a redhead and have girls and they were going to form a famous music group. <laughs> uh. So he, he met a strawberry blonde lady. Uh, they, I think they had a son and uh, quite a few girls, three or four girls. And so he set about trying to, to make a real thing. Yeah. And so they've, you know... The, the shags were created. So, yeah, we hope you enjoy uh, in a little while the shags because I know I, as soon as I heard it, I went, yeah, this has got to go, go got to be broadcast. Yeah. It's, uh, and do remember that uh, he did pay for them to have uh, uh, learn the instruments and uh, for vocal training as well. So just bear that in mind as you listen to their songs. <laughs> and ask yourself if it was money well spent. Yes. So uh, we we calling it quits there, are we? I believe we are. I I, th- I think we are. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll do the uh, we'll do the close, and then uh, we can just uh, but, but shag away. Cross the sh- yes. You can just lay back and shag. <laughs> so um, yeah, thanks everyone for for listening again to this again to a first episode. See more grammar horrors I've just created there. Um, if you'd like to give us some feedback, we, we'd love it. Um, we're just going to use the same email address at the moment, contact at oceanicgamer.com. And remember, Simon mentioned that we, if you've got a particular thing that you're hating at the moment, we'd love to hear it and read it out on air. Or I said if you want to record an audio version, that would be even better. Uh, we're on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash creative shed um, and creativeshed.com is where you can find the podcast and, and it's broadcast. It's on both iTunes and Stitcher and we, um, you can actually play it direct from the, the front page of the website now. We've got a little widget on there if you don't want to have to be worried about subscribing or whatever. So, yes. And that's the show, is it? That's it. Is that all the contact information you yeah. got? Because I sort of I sort of zoned out there. No, for... that's right. No, thank you, Mr. Hostman. It's been a good good show, in my subjective opinion. I'm just I'm hanging you, out for the shags. You weren't listening. No, I never do. Can't have been. You can't have been. 
Um, right then. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning into uh, what we're currently calling episode one. Uh, that the we may renumber and reorder at some point in the future. So, uh, yeah, there's that. So have a great week, and we will see you next time on episode two, possibly of yes. We Hate People. Go the Shags. Uh- I know.